0: This morning, very briefly, I call your attention to the book of Matthews, the first book in the New Testament. Matthews, the tax collector, the 16th chapter. In our devotion this morning, uh, the 21st and the 23rd verse was read, but our lesson text this morning will go all the way down to verse number 26. But for your hearing this morning, we will read the 23rd verse, and it says, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God but those that be of men. But We shall use for a theme this morning, borrowing a phrase from accountants, profit or loss. And those of our regular members, we will, that don't understand accounting, we want to say a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> you may be seated. Profit or loss. When you wanna know about the viability or the insolvency of a company, you wanna know about their profit or loss statement. You wanna know whether that company has made a profit or whether that company has had a loss. Also, when we go to the doctor on a regular basis, if you notice your doctor when you go for your physical exam, they are primarily looking at your body to check it from the neck down. But this morning, we want to look at checking you out from the neck up. So not only are we going to deal with profit and loss, but we're going to deal with a checkup from the neck up. God is still in the blessing business. When we look at our lesson text this morning, we're looking at how well you are able to perform and whatever profit you may have or whatever loss you may have, it deals with how you handle life on life's terms and what is your relationship with God. So we look at this situation that uh, as the story goes, this lady went out and bought a very, very, very expensive dress. Now, y'all, I'm not talking about my wife. I want y'all to know <laughs> <laughs> This lady went out and bought a very, very expensive dress. And she came back home, and she told her husband, and she showed him the receipt. And he said, wow, why did you buy such an expensive dress? She said, the devil made me do it. He said, well, why didn't you tell that devil to get behind you She said, I did. He got behind me and he said, I look good from behind and also from in front. (laughs) The devil always has something good to say. Something smarter than what you may think about. You just can't get rid of the devil. And we're going to look today how he can get behind you and in front of you. Today I will teach. To follow Jesus means we obey his teaching and, his, and follow his example in our daily lives. But we come up in our lesson text as Jesus is looking toward Easter. And we come up as we are looking toward Calvary. And when Jesus now has begun to prepare for Calvary. or oh, now he has begun to prepare for Calvary a long time. Long time ago, even when, when, when Simeon uh, and Anna had him in the temple when he was a little baby, and Simeon said that nations are gonna fall and nations are gonna rise based on this child. So, so, so Jesus had always been preparing to go to Calvary, but now he's come to do something concretely. Uh, as we see in our lesson today, he comes to prepare the disciples for him going to Calvary. Uh, And uh, and also, he comes to prepare us as we look at this lesson this morning. And as we look at this first outline, which says, Jesus predicts and Peter protests, verses 21 through verse 22. And my next point is Jesus' rebuke rebuke of Peter and cross-bearing, verses 22 through verse 24. And the great reversal and the value of a soul, verse 25 to verse 26. So as we come up to our lesson text in our first point, uh, when Jesus does this prediction uh, in preparing his disciples uh, for his crucifixion, uh, in verse 21 and verse 22 it reads, For that time forth begun, Jesus to show unto the disciples how they must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things, of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Now, Jesus comes up and make this announcement. But pay attention because Jesus had been in many situations. And every time Jesus had been in a situation, he had always been in control. Uh, whether he was raising the sick or whether he was giving sight to the blind or whether he was speaking to a multitude of people Jesus was always in control. Jesus was always one who had the control of his situation. Uh, But now he comes up to a situation that he makes this announcement uh, to his disciples. And when he makes this this announcement, they are totally shocked. But they are so shocked in him making this announcement about how he's going to have to go to Jerusalem and die. They say, wait a minute. You know, they, they never really, really understood Jesus' mission. He had been teaching them, and, and he had been telling them all of this stuff about how, how he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and how he was going to have to suffer that, but they, they really hadn't got deep down into their sanctified soul. So, so, so now they are shocked. They are so shocked that they forgot the good news. All they heard was he said he was going to go to Jerusalem and be killed. They didn't hear it when he said, but raised again, the third day see see that's the good news that he was going to go to Jerusalem and going to be killed but he was going to be raised on the third day but they were so shocked about the news about their messiah You know, they're thinking that he was going to overthrow the Roman government and set up this military kingdom down here on earth. And Jesus is telling them, I've been with you for three years teaching and preaching. And now I've come up to the time when I am looking to Calvary and I'm coming up to a time when I have to prepare you. But then Peter, y'all know Peter, right? Then Peter, you know, the one that just made this confession that Jesus is the Christ. And and, uh, God raised the front. He's a a living God. Peter made this confession when when he was in Caesarea Philippi. And he asked him, who to me and say what I am. And Peter was the one that stepped up and spoke for the crowd and said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. And he said, Peter, ain't no man revealed this to you. But but, but that epiphany that you just had, had to come from God. So now that's to Peter. But now Peter, then it says in verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him and said, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, now here's Peter. When Jesus makes this announcement, all he heard was that he was going to be killed. Jesus, I mean, Peter pulls Jesus to the side. Can you imagine pulling Jesus to the side and having a private meeting with Jesus? And you're gonna rebuke Jesus? You gonna tell? Oh, no, that ain't gonna happen to you. Peter say, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I got you with me. If they come to get you, I cut off a ear if necessary. I, you know, I got my blade with me. I ain't gonna let nobody take you. Peter say, you don't have to be afraid. It's not gonna come up on you. Now, you all don't be so hard on Peter, because although Peter rejected the word of God, we also reject the word of God. We also are disobedient. We also act in rebellion to the word of God. So so that's what Peter was doing. Peter heard Jesus speak, and all of a sudden he pulls him to the side, and he rebukes my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is telling them, part of this suffering, part of my coming to the earth and dying, is part of my messiahship. So so I must go to Calvary. I must go and suffer. He says, I must go to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, that you will come again. But but, but I got to go, because if I don't go, you can't come. Uh Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? So, So Peter rebukes him. And Peter says, be it far from thee, Lord, still calling him Lord. But he really don't understand that this word, Lord, is going to soon come into be Christ. This shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou sayest not the things that be of God, but those things that be unto man. He said, listen, Peter, you get behind me. Because, see, the things that you are saying is not of God. The things that you are saying comes from man. He said, but not only does it come from man, see, see, you're acting in rebellion. And any time you don't go by the word of God and you're gonna rebuke God and you're gonna say the things of man, then 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 he said, get behind me, call him Satan, because see, Satan puts us in rebellion. Satan have us saying and doing things that's against God. So so when people come to you, telling you things that, that, that they said that God didn't see. See, see, man has his own agenda. And sometimes man's agenda is not God's agenda. So, so, so he, that's why he had Peter. He said, Peter, listen. You, you you don't have my agenda at hand. I want you to get behind me because your agenda now is man's agenda. Your agenda now is about overthrowing the Roman government and me setting up some kind of... He said, get behind me. But, but, but see, there are so many people that can come and try to get you off track. Oh, you remember how the, how the devil took Jesus in the wilderness and tried to rearrange his priorities, tried to get Jesus to say... Try to get Jesus you worship me now. And you don't have to go to Calvary. You don't have to worry about going to Calvary. Just worship me and you can have the no, no, no. You 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 cannot change my focus. You cannot change my priority. Uh-huh. 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 Beware of folk that will change your priority. Beware of folk that'll talk you out of coming to church. Beware of folks that will tell you that uh, you don't need to tithe, you don't need to give your church any money. Beware of folks that try to rearrange your priority. My brother stopped calling me now, but he used to call me, try to get me to go to some Bears games on a Sunday. I said, you, you you can't rearrange my priority. And, and see, the world wants to rearrange your priority. The, the world wants to stop you. The world wants to get you to lose your witness. The world wants to get you to, to, to not to be the Christian that you are. That's why we have to, that, and, and that's the world's agenda. But not only is that the world's agenda, but Jesus put it there. Jesus said, that's Satan's agenda. I want you to know that. That's not just man's agenda. When the devil comes to you and, and, and have you talking and doing things against your church and, and, and have you forming your own agenda that doesn't parallel up to God's agenda, that's the devil. You have to tell him, get behind me, devil! So you can't walk upright if Satan is, is, is in front of you. He has to get behind you. And I'm going to tell you, if you keep on walking this street and you ain't running to the devil, then he's walking with you. You better know that, you better know that, because if you're doing anything from God, if you're doing anything from God that's worth anything, the devil is going to try to stop you. If you're doing anything from God, the devil is going to try to discourage you. If you're doing anything for the Lord, it said only what you do for God will last. But I want you to know the devil wants to stop you, the devil wants to hurt you, the devil wants to break up your home, the devil wants to lie to you, the devil want to give you false promises that he can't deliver. He said, Get behind me. This is of men, your agenda. And then Jesus goes on in verse 24. And then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus comes and he gives three commands. The first command, he gives is to deny. Now, what he is saying is not that you deny yourself from being who you are, but Jesus is saying you deny the agenda that the devil is trying to get you to do. Now, I want you to, 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 to wake up and write this down because I want, don't want you to forget this. The flesh can never be converted. Are you out there? The things that you used to do in the flesh, you can still do them right now. Or oh, you know them right. Every time you hear one of them old blues songs that you used to dance about, you know how your feet start moving and you don't even know. Am I right about it? I haven't been on a bicycle in many years, but I'm pretty sure I can get in one and ride at home if I had to. And just like you used to do all them dances and all that stuff you used to do, you could still do it. So, but, but so, so what am I saying? It, it, it says, if, if any man will come after me, let him deny the flesh. Let him deny himself. The, the, the things that I want to do, they are not the things that I end up doing. They're the things that I hate to do. I told myself, I hate to do this. But I find myself doing them. That's the human dilemma. And we will stay in this human dilemma as long as we are in this flesh. So it says, if any man come after me, Jesus said, now, now if you're going to follow me. Now, now, first of all, if you're going to follow Jesus, and you got to do these things in the order that Jesus gives them to you. Let me just break them down to you here. That he gives three commandments here. He say, first, you have to deny. Then you have to take up. And then you have to follow. Those are the commands. And those commandments got three direct objects of what you are to do. He said, first you are to deny. Deny what? Deny yourself. The things that the flesh wants you to do. Oh, you know I'm right. You could stand right up here at altar call. And some things that come through your mind that you want to do will shake the foundations of hell. You know I'm right. But those are the things... That you have to learn how to deny. You say, well, well I, I don't have enough strength to deny. So, so, so what you have to do, you have to build up the spiritual man. Just like you go to the health club and lift weights and build up the physical body. You, you have to build up the spiritual man. When you build up the spiritual man, you, you can put down the desires of the flesh. But if you don't do nothing to build up the spiritual man, the devil is going to take you over. You got to meditate. You got to come out and study the word. You got to get into the word. You got to get the word deep down into your sanctified soul. You you got to lift the word up. You got to come to be strong. If you don't become strong in the word, the devil is going to take your bag and pop it. Take your lunch from you and pop your bag. You're going to go out there talking about, I know the Lord. Well, the devil is going to let you know you don't know nobody they're going to say who are you and like I said last week who are you and what seed are you standing on what promises are you standing on if you don't have that I tell you the first thing is to deny the direct object of that is to deny self and the next thing is to take up what you're going to take up he said take up the cross you're going to have to take up the cross and when you take up the cross you're going to have to take up your cross. Now, Jesus took up his cross, but it's time for you to take up your cross now. You're going to have to take up your cross, and you're going to have to carry it up. Your God got the hill, and you're going to have to take up your cross, and you're going to have to put your cross down at the point of death. Are you ready to die for what you believe in? Are you ready to take up your cross? Are you ready to be a Christian? Are you ready not to be invited to certain parties? Are you ready to not to have to run with certain friends because they know you're a child of God? Are you willing to to not to have to go to the the happy hours after work because they know that you're a child of God? But the main thing, are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, that means separate, holy and acceptable unto God. That ought to be reasonable for what God has done for you. Are you ready to deny? And that last command, follow. Are you ready to follow? Are you ready to follow Jesus? And and see, when you follow Jesus, Jesus is your example. You know, every time I I, I drive and and I'm, I'm going through some strange area, I get me a rabbit. You know about that, Reverend Smith. I get me a rabbit. And, and, and usually when I, I used to take my wife to Memphis, and I would take 78 all the way over through Birmingham and, and, and going through down Mississippi, but I had to find somebody on that road that knew that road, and I could follow them without police giving me a ticket. And I would always find me one of them local jokers down there that knew that road, and I would let that local joker be my rabbit, and I would get on that rabbit, and, and when he go fast, I would go fast. When he go slow, I would go slow. That's my rabbit. Every nine in life, but Jesus is my rabbit in life. He say, "Follow me." I follow Jesus. As Jesus teach, and as Jesus go, I follow Jesus. You follow Jesus, and when you follow Jesus, Jesus is my example. Jesus is my teacher. But you have to be obedient to follow Jesus. See, Jesus would lead you down through the valleys. When I'm down in the valleys, he's holding my hands. When I'm up on the mountaintop, he's holding me up to keep me from falling off the cliff. Wherever I am, Jesus is with me. He said, I would never leave you, Shannon, and I would never forsake you. I don't know a place I've ever been when Jesus wasn't with me, and I don't care what I'm going through. All I have to say is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't care where I go. I can always shout. I don't care how bad it gets. I can say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because I'm following him. He said, follow me. And then when we learn how to deny. And we learn how to take up. And we learn how to follow. And then in that fifth verse it says, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. And then it says, for what is a man profit if he shall gain his, the whole world and lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a game show that's called Let's Make a Deal. They got one curtain over here, curtain number A. They got over here, curtain number B. All right, curtain B, curtain A and curtain B. B and A ain't got no numbers. I don't want y'all to get confused. So so A is over here. Now now behind, I'm going to give y'all a clue now. Now behind curtain A, you got a round trip ticket around the world. Behind curtain A, you got a brand new house. Behind curtain A, you got a brand new car. Behind curtain A, you got a new wardrobe full of all kind of good stuff, all kind of Louis Vuittons and all kind of fancy stuff that you may want to wear. That's all behind curtain A. Now, over here, curtain B, there is an old homeless person. You know, and homeless folks carry all their clothes with them. Uh, but then, not, not, not take away the homeless person behind curtain B and put your child out. Now, now take away your child behind Curtain B and put yourself there. I just stopped by here to let you know that God wants us to understand that Curtain B, any person has more value in this life than any material things that we can ever have. That's why we can never look down on anybody. Anybody that that, 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 that lives a life. Any human being that God created, God created them in his image and any image that God created has more value than any material things that we can ever have. God said, whosoever whosoever in this world, God said, will never perish, but whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we look in 2 Peter verse 3, chapter 3, chapter 3 rather, verse 10, it says that the whole world is going to burn up. Everything that we worship out here, that beautiful house, that beautiful car, everything that you have. But God said, I'm going to put eternal life into humanity. I'm going to put my spirit in man, but everything down here. And God also said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he said, it is God's wish that no one should perish. No one. That homeless person, that, that, that your child, God said, it, it, it's my desire that no one should perish, but have everlasting life. God said, I'm putting all my value. God said he loved the world so He loved the cosmos so much that he sent his son to die for you. But God God said, Shannon, I love you so much that I sent my spirit to live in you. I I sent my spirit to live in you, but I love you so much that I have forgiven you for all of your sins, past, present, and future. I love you so much that I have adopted you into my own family and no material things, no car, no round-trip ticket, none of that stuff can, can, can amount up to how much God loves humanity. Are you out there? God loves you so much that he said, regardless of what you're going through, he said, no weapon No matter what the world brings up against you, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. I don't care how many people come up and do things against you. God said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But he said, even Shannon, even the tongues that come up against you in judgment shall be condemned. I want you to know that I love you so much that I want you to know that you have to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. God say, when, when you get to up here, we're going to look at everything you've done, your profit and loss and I'm going to weigh all of those things to you but if you get this checkup this morning from the neck up, you'll know how to deal with God on God's terms. You'll know how to present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God and that'll be reasonable for what God has done to you. What are you waiting on? God loves you so much you don't have to be burdened down Depression is not an alternative for a child of God. You don't need drugs to make you adequate. All you need is the power of God to make you adequate. Alcohol has a false spirit, but God say, I'll put my spirit in you. And whatever I say, I can deliver. I got 8,000 promises in the Bible, and I can deliver every last one of them. Shannon, you can't promise nobody. You're going to be nowhere tomorrow. You may be somewhere in the hospital, but God say, my promises I can deliver. Are you out there? What can you do without God on your side? What can you do without Jehovah Rapha? What can you do without Jehovah Nisi? What can you do without Jehovah Jireh? God is calling you this morning. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you.